0: coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW revoid Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
1: 18 plus. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks then there are drinks from McDonald's
0: mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49 perfect with our classic fries price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer
1: Ba ba with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom
2: Welcome in. This is the FPC Chiefs podcast. I'm Braden Holacek, the managing editor for Full Press Coverage Chiefs of FullPressCoverage.com here on this Tuesday edition of the show. We are going to recap Chiefs Chargers from Sunday and also take an early look at uh, the Chiefs' next opponent in the Baltimore Ravens, which will take place on Monday Night Football to close out Week 3. This was a game going in where... Obviously, if you've followed us um, in our podcast and articles last week, I thought this would be a win where the Chiefs would really not have too difficult of a time with the Chargers, mostly because I didn't think that L.A. would have that, um, that easy or that good of a time of being able to score points and put points on the board, especially because Tyrod Taylor was projected to be the starting quarterback. But of course, in division games like this, I mean, you just kind of have to always think that even these kind of games, it's never going to be easy sledding, even for the uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. So it was really interesting to see that, once again, they had a slower start against the Chargers, and we'll touch on that a little bit. Um, but, of course, you know, Justin Herbert, the rookie from Oregon, gets the start at quarterback. Found out just about 5 to 10 seconds before kickoff uh, after Tyrod Taylor had suffered a chest injury in pregame warm-up. So this kind of changed plans in a lot of ways, but Justin Herbert looked really good as the starting quarterback in this game. His first ever NFL game um, all over the field, short, intermediate, and longer routes. He was connecting with his receivers pretty easily. um, Stood stood tall in the pocket. There was a lot of times where it looked like Kansas City um, was getting close to him and getting a sack, but you know, he stood in tough and hung in there as long as he could and fired the ball down the field. Um, I also thought he did a good job of just really utilizing um, passes out to the sidelines, both with running backs and then, of course, later on with his receivers. They use the running backs a lot in this passing game, which I, I don't think that's a bad idea when you're going up against the Chiefs. Um, and, and sometimes their lack of speed at the linebacker position. Um, with Austin Eckler and what he can do. So I thought the Chargers had a good game plan for really not knowing that it was going to be Justin Herbert until right before kickoff. Um, You know, this game for the Chiefs, you know, their last couple against the Chargers, they've had slower starts, and Patrick Mahomes and the offense have really not done a lot until late in the game, and that's what happened again here. Um, You know, one thing I touched on in the keys to the game for – Uh, you know, previewing this game last week, I said the Chargers need to force Patrick Mahomes to throw the ball deep. And in a way, they kind of forced that a little bit that the Chiefs were wanting to run these longer routes. The thing is, they just could not even get most of the passes off. The Chiefs blockers really struggled in this game, a lot worse game than they had in week one against the Houston front seven. And then you look at, you know, just how many times Patrick Mahomes deep, either tried to let things develop and it just wasn't working. And obviously he was missing some throws, not his best game early on. But of course, you know, I I thought, you know, watching this game, they need to obviously change and adjust to throwing quicker passes. And it just really did not come as quick as I thought it would. They were really trying to, to uh, execute the game plan that they thought would work early on. And it really was not until... Late third quarter, early fourth that we really saw the Chiefs start utilizing quick passes and getting, you know, receivers open and a little bit more room and space. Um, Thankfully, Patrick Mahomes kind of took it upon himself really to lift this team out of the hole that they were in as well. His fourth quarter was really uh, an interesting quarter there. Got it started early with that touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill, rolling out to the right, found him... uh, you know, perfectly placed ball, beating double coverage down the field for the touchdown. And that really got the Chiefs going for the most part as a team. And Mahomes, obviously, with his legs, was really dangerous in this game. So he's proven more and more that he's not afraid to run the ball. He had a 21-yard run on a play where it was, I think, third down. I can't remember the down exactly, but it was 20 yards to go, um, probably after a penalty. And, you know... I don't want to always complain about penalty calls. There was some holdings that I thought were questionable in this game. Um, right before overtime, I thought the Chiefs got screwed a little bit with the Coletio-Semeli holding call on a play where Mahomes ran for a first down or close to a first down. But overall, this was obviously not the Chiefs' best game. The Chargers, tipped, uh, you know, Chiefs needed to tip their cap to them. They played great once again against them, especially defensively. But in the end, you know, it, it was a lack of, I think being aggressiveness by the chargers that they had earlier in the game and also just defensively running out of gas. And of course, when you let Patrick Mahomes hang around in the game, uh, that's going to cost you a little bit. I mean, it's, it's crazy how, how good of a game the chargers played. And the fact that, you know, they weren't up by more than they were going into the fourth quarter. And that obviously gave uh, Mahomes and the chiefs, a slight opening there to come back. And of course in overtime, I doubt there was a questionable decision by Anthony Lynn to punt there on fourth and one, you know, giving the ball back to Mahomes pretty much a death sentence there. And, you know, the defense again was just out of gas. Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, who had a great game blitzing all day long and even defensive tackle, second year man uh, out of Notre Dame, Jerry Tillery. He had a really good game early on. He was out of gas as well. So this was just a defense that lacked the aggression they had early on and were running out of gas. And thankfully for Mahomes, you know, has never say die attitude and taking it upon himself to continue to lift the chiefs and limp them down the field, push them down the field as much as he can, um, you know, prevailed. And the chiefs found a way to hit that field goal in overtime, even with the false start, it was going to be a 53 yarder, but of course, Bucker won it with the 58 yard attempt. And he almost looked bored out there, you know, had to kick the ball three times. And, uh, you know, every time he looked like he was pretty confident, he knew he was going to make it. So that was huge to know that, you know, the confidence they had in Bucker who hit a 58 yarder earlier in the game. And honestly, when he hit that one in regulation, I thought the Chiefs were going to punt in that situation. So I was a little surprised they kicked the field goal there, but it obviously turned out to be a good decision. So let's go ahead and break down some of the stats in this game. And we'll also take a look at the the scoring sequences as well, some things that stood out for the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, so he had only averaged about 170 yards passing um, over the last couple of games against the Chargers. This team's done good against them defensively, been one of the bigger thwarts to him overall. He did end up with 302 yards in the end, two touchdown passes, no interceptions. Um, this This obviously was a really big second half and fourth quarter that really got him closer to that point. So 302 yards, but obviously a lot of that game really in the fourth quarter. Rushing in this game, home to let the way in yardage with 54 yards on six carries. And Edward Soler seemed like he didn't get as many opportunities in this game as he did against Houston. Um, so interesting to see how Kansas City was kind of testing the waters with him in this game. His first carry was a pretty big run of about 17 yards or so, but after that it was as far as running the ball goes, a little bit of tough sledding for Edward lair 10 carries, 38 yards. We saw Darwin Thompson get 21 yards on four carries. Um, Daryl Williams was in the game a little bit as well. I think he had one carry that was negated because of an offensive penalty by the Chiefs. Uh, he actually left this game with an ankle injury. So it'll be interesting to see if the Chiefs are going to bring up somebody from the practice squad if that injury is super serious going into the uh, Ravens game. Receiving, it was Tyree Kill. Uh, leading the way in yardage. Five catches on 11 targets, 99 yards in the touchdown. Most of that yardage obviously coming on the touchdown pass in the fourth quarter. Travis Kelsey had the most catches on the team on Sunday with nine on 14 targets, 90 yards. He also had the first touchdown that the Chiefs scored in the game on a little um, corner route where Mahomes had a pretty easy-looking throw there with how open Kelsey was. But Edwards-Hilaire actually had just as much yardage as a receiver in this game than he did as a runner. 32 yards on six catches. Other than that, it was pretty minimal spread out across the board for some other receivers. And Sammy Watkins, it'll be interesting to see if he is going to be out for a long time now. Took a big hit to the head. A little surprised they did not throw a flag on that. But those are such bane bang plays. You know, it's hard to know what the refs are exactly able to see depending on their angle on the field. But Sammy Watkins took a big hit to the head Really, really slow walk off the field, and he's had, obviously, a lot of injuries in his career. Hopefully, this is not going to be too serious, um, but a concussion maybe that he's possibly dealing with. will get an update shortly this week going into the Baltimore game. Um, defensively for the Chiefs, Lajarius Snead, the rookie from Louisiana Tech, had an interception in this game. This was the only turnover in the contest A play it looked like. Justin Herbert had room to run on the left side, rolling out to his left. Probably had a first down if he takes it just five yards, but he throws back across his body into the middle of the field. And LeGarrius Sneed, good job undercutting that route. And uh, interception, the second in as many games for the rookie from Louisiana Tech. So he is so far been probably one of the better cornerbacks on the team, especially with Tarverius Ward missing this game. Um Overall, the Chiefs did come up with a couple of sacks. They had one from Taco Charlton, one from Mike Dana, the rookie. Um, So two sacks in this game. And then for the Chargers, some stats that stood out. Obviously, Justin Herbert, when you can put up 311 yards uh, passing against the defending Super Bowl champs, I mean, that's a pretty impressive game. Again, just finding out right before kickoff that you were making your first start. 22 of 33 through the air for Justin Herbert. He also ran... Uh, some tough yardage. He p- turned out some tough yardage with his legs in this game. Um, Four carries, 18 yards, and also had a rushing touchdown. The Chargers also saw some good rushing days from Austin Eckler, 93 yards, and Joshua Kelly, the rookie from UCLA, had 64 yards. So this was a this was one of the better days the Chargers' offense has had lately, overall, and obviously just with everybody getting involved, having big days, spreading the ball around again. A lot of missed tackles for the Chiefs' defense in this game, so a lot of extra yards after the catch uh, for Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler. Um, a really, really interesting game there. And, uh, again, there was a couple of rookie mistakes, but, yeah, really impressive day for Justin Herbert. Um, so those are kind of the stats. The scoring summaries in this game, um, we saw the Chargers open things up with their a touchdown on their first drive. Justin Herbert ran it in for a four-yard touchdown, um, so they went up seven to nothing there. Each team traded some punts after that. There was a turnover on downs by the Chargers. Some more punts, and then the Chiefs eventually got a touchdown when Mahomes found Kelsey, like we said earlier, on a corner route, ten-yard touchdown pass. There was a a uh, penalty on the extra point at first that hurt Kansas City, and then they had the extra point blocked. So Jerry Tillery, who had a big game at defensive tackle, made an impact on that play to block the extra point. So the Chiefs down seven to six. Next drive, the Chargers would get another touchdown as Herbert found uh the wide receiver Guyton, for a fourteen yard score. Either way, on that situation, if you remember that play, it was a a throw where Herbert, I think any receiver he chose on that left side, it was going to be a touchdown because the Chiefs were kind of um, discombobulated a little bit and confused in their coverage and, and quarter quarters coverage and just uh, a a rocket of a throw by Justin Herbert to Titan, so that put it 14 to six, and that's what it was going into halftime as well. The Chiefs opened up the second half with not a very uh, not a very good drive. Only two minutes came off the clock, five play drive where they had to punt. The Chargers then would hit a 41 yard field goal from Michael Badgley. Go up seventeen to six. The Chiefs would add a fifty-eight-yard field goal after that to make it seventeen to nine. Then the Chargers, uh, one of their lone mistakes as far as playing-wise goes today, not really a mental mistake, but a physical mistake. Justin Herbert's interception. Then that led to the touchdown where Mahomes found Tyree Kill on the rollout to the right, fifty-four-yard score, sixty air yards on that pass from Patrick Mahomes. The Chief, uh, and then Chargers and Chiefs would each. Had field goals after that. A 23-yard chip shot for the Chargers, 30-yarder for Harrison Butker as time expired at the end of regulation. And then, as we said, Chargers punt the ball in overtime. Questionable decision there. They give it back to Mahomes. And in the end, uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs drive down the field, 58-yard field goal to win it in overtime. So, again... Chargers tip their tip your captain in because I think, you know, not a lot of people were expecting them to play this good of a game, even with the history they had defensively against Mahomes and this Chiefs offense. Uh the Chiefs probably should have lost this game, but again, just you know, watching however many different quarterbacks we've seen over the years, the difference in Patrick Mahomes never say die attitude and what we've seen in the past, you know, it would be uh wishful thinking to see other quarterbacks be able to bring them to victory in, in, in a performance like this and a start like this. But now with Patrick Mahomes, there's always that feeling, you know, they're never out of a game, of course, during Mahomes' career. He's never lost by more than seven points. So, you know, that they're always going to have a chance to be in it. I think it was just frustrating for Kansas City side of things that I think they were just trying to stick to their original game plan so long. They weren't making the adjustments early enough and the Chargers were really Um, bringing everything at them with the pass rush and combining that with tight coverage, playing very smart ball, um, just a tough loss for the Chargers. I think there were obviously some offside penalties. There were some mental mistakes that they had that cost them in this one, but obviously uh, Justin Herbert, I think he's got a big future in this league, hopefully for the Chargers, first of many uh, where we can see some good Chargers versus Chiefs action, Mahomes versus Herbert. It was questionable though after the game, and I always – I always hate to rip press conference comments apart too much because you know there's certain blurbs that are taken out of context and put as headlines. But Anthony Lynn saying that Tyrod Taylor is the starter of healthy, I think that's kind of more of a questionable call because those two were together in Buffalo beforehand. I think it's more of Anthony Lynn kind of protecting his friend and Tyrod Taylor a little bit rather than maybe just, you know, what he could have said obviously was that they'll make that decision later on. Either way, um, Herbert had a good game. I, I I think they're a better team with Justin Herbert and Tyrod Taylor because um, I heard something else, you know, going into the Chiefs-Chargers game that people were breaking down Chargers versus Bengals film from week one saying Tyrod Taylor, you know, had so many chances to throw the ball down the field and didn't take it. And that's what you're going to get with Tyrod Taylor. So I think the Chargers feel like they want to compete and can compete this year. I think Herbert's the better answer. But for the Chiefs overall, um, you know, he gave them all they could handle. But in the end, it was Mahomes lifting them from the dead and Butker being calm, cool, and collected there and over time to hit the game winner. I uh, will take a quick break here, and then we're going to start to take an early look at the Baltimore Ravens, the next opponent for the Chiefs on this upcoming week, week three Monday Night Football. We'll be back right after this
0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: All right. Welcome back to the FPC Chiefs podcast. I'm Braden Holacek, the managing editor for Full Press Coverage Chiefs. So we've touched on recapping the Chiefs and Chargers so far. I just wanted to talk a little bit today about the Baltimore Ravens. Well, obviously preview them a little more this week in other articles and we will have a in-depth game preview come out later to end the week of four chiefs and ravens but this is a ravens team that overall um, you know has i i just don't know any other way to really describe them other than they're a bitch to deal with because they're loaded on defense right every all three levels of their defense is very good, Um, not just in how they play, but the depth is there from all three levels. Um, The defensive backs, Marlon Humphrey at cornerback, is one of the best young corners in the game. He's probably going to get a big contract extension soon, former first-round pick in 2017. You have um, safeties that have taken over for veterans that are no longer there that have really kind of impressed and not really the most accomplished players entering the NFL, but have really found a home in John Harbaugh's team. And that's something overall with John Harbaugh's team that, you know, they've done a really good job of for a long time, but especially lately, when you look at Lamar Jackson being the starting quarterback is that they really capitalize on utilizing their players' strengths and accommodating those. It's not a team that's trying to force their players to, you know, learn this system and it has to be done in a certain way. And this is a team that obviously plays really loose. They're not they're not uh, scared. They're hungry to go out and try to compete for a championship this season. You know, 14-2 and two last year, obviously tough loss in the, uh, in the wild card round at home against the – or, sorry, the division round at home against the Titans. But um, overall, I think this team is the most complete team probably in the NFL, and that's tough to say for maybe Chiefs fans. But, you know, I think overall the Chiefs still have questions in some areas with their depth on defense. The offensive line is going to be – Uh, again, uh, a possible liability at times this season. We saw it against the Chargers. This is a game against the Ravens where they're going to have to be stout. And overall, I think with the Ravens, one thing that really sticks out with them is how they've built their team from the inside out. You know, building it, it they've always had a deep offensive line. They've really had this offensive line set in stone for the most part these last few years. And then you add in, okay, the offense is tailored more to Lamar Jackson and they have the running back depth of Mark Ingram, uh, uh, Gus Edwards, and the rookie J.K. Dobbins. And, you know, again, it seems like in the NFL draft every year, there's great players that somehow drop in the draft to the Ravens. J.K. Dobbins in the second round this year, running back from Ohio State, was an example of that. And then in the first round, linebacker Patrick Queen from LSU, who was, a, I think, a big target for a lot of people that were hoping the Chiefs would maybe go with there to end round one. He didn't make it quite there. Uh, was taken 28 overall. So it's it's a tough team to deal with. Of course, I think right now, the thing that really stands out is the last two meetings, though, for the Chiefs against the Ravens. One, a couple of years ago, where they won in overtime. The Chiefs' um, defense kind of started slow, but really did good in the red zone and forced the Ravens to settle for field goals. The offense had a day where they were really kind of matching the Ravens really well. And then last year, uh, week three home opener for the Chiefs, they really pounced on the Ravens early if it wasn't for some garbage time points and you know the Chiefs defense having to be out on the field a lot more in that fourth quarter. That would have looked like a bigger win than it really was on the scoreboard for the Kansas City Chiefs against the Baltimore Ravens. So those last two years, they've beaten Baltimore both times when Mahomes and uh, Lamar Jackson have met head to head. But of course, those two games were at Arrowhead with fans. Now they go to Baltimore where the Chiefs, You know, I remember the last time they played there, a handful of years ago, when Alex Smith was still on the team. You know, the Chiefs were facing Ryan Mallett at quarterback a year that Joe Flacco was hurt. So this is a this is going to be a really interesting test, especially seeing how the Chiefs played against the Chargers. And maybe they were looking ahead to this game. I don't think they would say that, but you know, maybe they were looking ahead to this game a little bit. It's going to be an interesting matchup because I think. Um there's a lot of people that believe the Ravens are the best team in the league. There's a lot of people that think the Chiefs are still capable of beating them, of course, but I think you know, just seeing where these two teams are at right now. Of course, both 2 and 0. I think right now the Ravens feel like they're, you know, a little bit more in sync right now and of course, uh the Chiefs did not lose a lot of players from their Super Bowl core, but the biggest thing is for the Chiefs right now is they're trying to I think really trying to uh, learn still how to play uh, a little bit with the target on their back and also trying to go out there with this new mentality that, you know, we have to be able to go out there and be more adjustable to what we normally do. So that's going to be interesting. We'll preview that a little more during this week in our articles. And of course, the game preview podcast. So I wanted to touch on the Ravens there. Uh, real quick, a little shorter episode today, but yeah, really interesting week two. Unfortunately, a lot of injuries for some big names around the NFL. The San Francisco 49ers look like they are going to be playing week three without their starting quarterback, uh, top running back, top receiver, couple of offensive linemen there two uh, defensive ends, starting defensive ends, and another defensive end in their depth chart. Um, so a lot of injuries suffered. Big names like Saquon Barkley, uh, Christian McCaffrey, the running back position, looks like they're going to miss some time. Um, and Barkley suffered a torn ACL for the Giants, so he's out for the season. Uh, looks like for the Denver Broncos, a team that received a lot of hype, especially from myself as well. Going into the season, quarterback Drew Locke is going to be out for at least a month, maybe a little more with an uh, AC joint injury in his shoulder, his throwing shoulder, and then their top receiver, Cortland Sutton, is done for the year with the knee entry. So a lot of injuries, fortunately for the Chiefs, they are not quite as uh, depleted right now. Maybe Charvarius Ward will be back for week three against the Ravens. Uh, we'll have to see there. But, of course, also, Sammy Watkins, that concussion, it looks like a concussion. Um, it's going to be something to monitor. But, of course, uh, injuries are going to be more interesting to watch this year than ever because of the COVID-related offseason uh, restrictions and, and all of that. So it's going to be interesting to see how teams are going to be able to hold up, um, with more depth being put into games this year for, for most teams. So I think that will uh, wrap it up today. Again, download the full press coverage app so you can listen to the podcast and, uh, read all the articles in one place. It's really easy to just find the team page there and find all of our content there in one spot. Of course, um, you guys can check out um, the full press coverage uh, shop as well. Fullpressshop.com. There's t-shirts, hoodies there, face masks. Um, uh, I know there's new uh, election-themed t-shirts there where it says, you know, like, for for example, for the Chiefs, to be like Mahomes Kelsey 2020. So there's some great new arrivals there at fullpressshop.com. Um, again, stay tuned to all of our articles throughout the week as we You know, preview Chiefs and Ravens, one of the biggest and most anticipated games of the season early on on Monday Night Football. We'll have another podcast episode out to end the week as well on Friday. Um, And, uh, yeah, you guys can also follow us on Twitter at FPC underscore Chiefs. Follow myself at Braden Holacek 9. That's with the number 9 at the end. And uh, we'll be back with some more content throughout the week. We are done here. Hopefully everyone has a good day, and we will see you guys next time.
0: Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?"
1: Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, uh-huh, in my dentist's office, more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me. What's the weirdest
0: place you've gotten lucky?
1: I never win in tell.